praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, let's praise the Lord, somebody. It is Sunday morning, and what do we do? We come to praise and magnify the name of the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Let's lift him up today. Let this Sunday be a different Sunday than ever before. There is a reason you came. It's not just to sit and hear the word and go home. But if I got out my bed and come in the house of the Lord, I'm going to give him something. I'm not just coming to get, but I'm coming to give. So let this morning be a morning that we worship him. Let this morning be a morning that we honor him. And let him know how amazing he is. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord.
worship you, Jesus. Lord, I exalt your name, Almighty God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here this morning, Almighty God. Thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, your love this morning, Lord. Lord, we lift up your holy name for you are God and you are God alone. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everybody here today. Back, oh God, on a Sunday morning after this weekend. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. This weekend was something. Oh, my God. The young people was in, have so much energy. Oh, my God. The energy was so high at that conference this weekend. I know everybody's tired. Everybody's exhausted. Brother Ethan, oh, my goodness. I don't know how he do it, but God is his strength. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to pray. I want to thank everybody for being here this morning. I want to welcome the online members this morning. And we're going to pray. Anybody have any prayer requests this morning? We're also going to pray for Sister Maxine this morning, Sister Ira, and my brother Raymond Hamilton. He got up yesterday morning, afternoon, and he had a lot of chest pains. He had to call the ambulance. So please pray. Pray for salvation for my brother, please. He needs to be saved. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we lift you up. Lord, we adore your name, God. We magnify your holy name, God, for you are God and you are God alone. Lord God, you have the answers, oh God. You are the way, God. You are the truth and the life. You are our strength, Almighty God. Almighty God, when we can't see our way through, Almighty God. Almighty God, you are the light, Lord God, that show us, God, that you, Almighty God, are what we need, Father. Lord, we put, oh God, Sister Maxine in your hand by no Lord. We put Sister Ira, oh God, in your hand. We, oh God, put my brother in your hand by no Lord. And every request, Almighty God, that Lord God, we have this morning, Lord God. Oh God, we are making it known unto you, God. Almighty God, for you, Almighty God, you have everything in your hand. You have the final say, Almighty God. Lord, we surrender all unto you, Lord. Lord, have your way, oh God, in our hearts and our minds. Touch our loved ones, Almighty God. Those who are sick, Almighty God, I pray that, Lord God, you will, Almighty God, do, oh God, a healing, Almighty God, for you are a healer, God. You are a healer, you never fail. You are faithful to heal, God. You are faithful to deliver, Almighty God. You are faithful to set free, God. Almighty God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, oh God, you will do, Almighty God. Oh, Almighty God, that we ask, oh God, to you right now, Lord. Almighty God, take control of every aspect of the service this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, continue to touch our young people, Lord. Almighty God, continue to put a desire in them, God. A burning in them, Almighty God. Help them, God, that they will not allow the enemy, Lord God, to dim their light, Lord God. They will not allow the enemy to take that energy away from them. That desire, Almighty God, to serve you, God. Almighty God, anoint the men of God and use them for your glory. Almighty God, strengthen them, Almighty God, and use them, Lord, like you can in the mighty name of Jesus. Have your way. Hallelujah. 
let's continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Not in 
sing it to him. I'm not enough. Come on. Because all I want. Continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. Just lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. All we want is Him. Will you meet me here again? Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. He is worthy of the praise. In this moment of time, let's lift those hands and worship Him. Let's worship Him for who He is. Let's worship him for he is God and God, God all by himself. We worship you, Lord God. We thank you. You are the one that gives us breath in our body. You're the one that made us in the mold of clay. We are here because of your goodness. It was glad unto us that we was coming to the house of the Lord. We will worship the Lord in his beauty of holiness, in his splendor, in his power, in his might. And his creation, and because of him, we are him. And the scripture says that it is in him we live, we move, and very have our very being. Let's lift up one more time God, unto God a rejoicing heart. Let's open our mouths. Can we just open our mouths one more time and just lift up the name of Jesus? For he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. He is worthy. You didn't came here by your own strength. It's because of the name of Jesus. It's because of the word of the Lord. And because of his power and his blood. Hallelujah. 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 While you're standing, just look at someone and say, I'm glad to see you in church today. Glad to see you in church today. You can do your virtual greetings, fifth one from the distance. We thank everyone. It's so good to see everybody in the presence of the Lord. We thank you so much. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And those who are here for the first, second, or third time, please remain standing. Please remain standing. If you're here for the first, second, or third time, let's honor them, saints of God, Christ Center Church. Thank God for this family right in front of me. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. We greet you in the wonderful, most powerful name, the saving name of Jesus Christ. This brother right here, I'm so sorry. God bless you, sir. Thank you for coming. God bless you. I know you're part of somebody's family, but we give you thanks for coming here. What an awesome time to be a part of Christ in the church. I echo what Sister Karen Cook was saying. Man, what a time, what a time, what a time. Boy, I tell you, as Pastor was saying back in the firehouse, I said, listen, the Northeast is going to be a, a reckoning in this country. Not just here, but also across the West Coast. Those two those two areas. We are going to hit the devil with a knockout. Yes. I said we're going to hit him with a knockout. Mike Tyson had one punch, the uppercut, and we hit it. Listen, no one got up. And we're going to put a black eye in the enemy's camp or the enemy's territory. You may be seated, those who are here. Thank you so much. And what we're alluding to for what God is doing, we are a collective group of churches, of a movement in the United Pentecostal Church International that are doing great things in the body of Christ at large. We are worldwide. We are the largest apostolic organization in this world. But not just that, 
we believe in the name of Jesus. And people say, well, I, I like what they used to say back in the day. We're Jesus only. We are Jesus only. <laughs> That's all it is. It's all, it's all you need. And we had a wonderful time in Newark. It was a power. I commend those who were, came. The parents, the parents, the parents that brought your young people. God, Pastor will say more, but God bless you all. It's time for our offering. It is a wonderful time. As we said, this is the end time. So if this is the end time, I believe God is going to give us an end time anointing to give. I said he's going to give us an end time anointing to give. Because we got to do great works in this state and across the world. Because we are giving not just to here, Christ in a church. Of course, this is where God has planted us. But in our giving, you're blessing others. We're blessing those who have not yet experienced the gospel of Jesus Christ's message. Because we are to reach those who are yet not knowing who Jesus is. Not just those who are acquainted to our nationality, but those of all men and all races and all creeds. That's what we do. That's what we have been doing. And look at the church, the seats that you're sitting, it's a miracle from God. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine destiny to be a part of God moving in this church. So I want you to stand at this time. We're going to give unto the God today's tithe and offering. Our servants, those who lead and our ushers, they will come to the front and those who will lead us. And those who are yet assigned station in the back, I believe the kiosk is available as well for electronic giving. You can see our the Peyton and I think Jordan. No, I'm sorry. But whoever's going to be next to Peyton, you can look at them in the back. Those who are giving online, please follow the ways of giving. Those who are watching, you have been faithful giving. We thank you so much for your time. Let's pray unto the Lord today. Father, we give you honor and praise and glory for all that you've done. We thank you for what you are continuing to do in this time, in this hour of revival, an hour of refreshing, an hour of renewal. We give you thanks, Lord God, for bringing everyone here, no matter where we're coming from, whatever social status, economic status. We thank you, God, for them just being in one place, lifting up the only name, the saving name, Jesus Christ. We pray that you bless those who are giving, those who are giving online. We pray that you will continue to bless them, open their store baskets. I pray that, God, in their tithe giving, give them given faith. If they believe and they sow, though, God, if we sow unto the kingdom, I pray that there are tenfold, hundredfold, sixtyfold blessing, thirtyfold blessing upon them. We thank you and we ask this in no other name, in Jesus' name. Let's all say amen. Amen. Our ministers will be.
opportunity to worship the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. How many knows that he loves us? Who concurs that he loves us? He died for us, right? So let us continue to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. 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 Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how Jesus loves you and he loves me. We're not here this morning by accident. Jesus brought us together just to tell us one more time. Oh, how he loves us. He says he knows every hair on our head by number. He says we are the apple of his eye. He created us in his image. And he wants a relationship with us like nothing else or any other relationship. Oh, how he loves us. That when we were stuck in our sins, had no hope, was going straight to hell, he says, I'm going to rescue them that I love, them who are created in my image. I am going to save them, and I can only save them by blood, for only blood erases sin, and not just any blood, but the blood of Jesus. Almighty God took upon himself the flesh of human and became man and came to this world as a baby. He walked this earth. He felt like we felt. He hungered like we hungered. He thirsted like we thirsted. He had family like we have. And he surrendered his life. He gave it. No one took it from him. But he loved us that much that he gave his life, sacrificed his life, blood, his precious blood, that our sins can be erased and that we would have hope to spend eternity with him. What kind of God is this? There is no other God like Jesus. There is no other Savior but Jesus. He is the only wise God. He uh, is the only true and living God. There is none like him. Nobody loves you like Jesus loves you. Nobody can do you like Jesus can. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am so grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Can I tell you, I feel so privileged to pastor this wonderful church. All the relationships that, I've, that I have just because of him. When I see all of your faces, what it does in my heart, it's all because of And what a privilege it is for him to allow me to be his under-shepherd, to pastor you, to have a great relationship with you. What you do for me, you have no idea. And when I see all of your faces, when we were small and in the firehouse, we would say to our guests, will you stand? Or I would just begin to say their names and I would just greet them one by one. So I went out just now to the, the guest uh, desk, our greeter guest, reception desk. And I said, um, I want to personally greet some of our guests today. And they started showing me all the guests. I said, ah, ah, it would be challenging to just greet you all 
individually, individually, but I really want to. And I hope I can get to shake your hand before you leave here today because I'm so just grateful that God brought you here and I can meet you. I can see you. It's a pleasure, and I'm so glad that we can be together this morning to worship the Lord. If I start talking about each of you, I would just go on and on and on. There's people in here this morning that I'm just so, my heart is just filled. And God has given me this great family, the church. It's a wonderful family. We have experienced what we call the North Central Jersey Youth, Midwinter Youth Conference. And we hosted it in a church in Newark, New Jersey, this past Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, and Saturday evening. And God just did some great and wonderful things in the lives of our children and all the adults that showed up. Parents, can I tell you how much I appreciated your effort that you put into bringing your children, make sure they're there. Friday night, after the speaker got done preaching, he said, find your youth group and hold hands and pray together. It was so many of us, we had to have two youth groups. We had one on the right side, one on the left side, and we were all praying. We had a ton of young, we all just considered ourselves young people. And we had such a great time. And I was just tremendously blessed. But can I tell you this? When God put into my heart to say this some years ago in the fire station, I knew it was the Lord. And he told me was to say that he is going to give the Northeast Revival and our church in our district will have a great influence, a great hand in that. And one of the reasons why it's so important to go different places is because when God speaks a word to us sometimes, sometimes y'all say, that's our pastor, he loves us. But when you go someplace and the stuff that I tell you, you hear someone else affirm it, then you know God had spoken it. And we had a preacher that don't know anything about us, don't know what we're doing. He just was invited to come and minister. And he said those very words. He said, God is going to use this district to have great influence in the revival that he's giving the Northeast. Didn't talk to him about that. He didn't hear me at the firehouse. He don't really know me. I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you. We're going somewhere, church. I don't want you to think that I think we're special. God's people are special. But what I do know is God choose whoever he wants to use to do great things. I don't know how he arrived at that. I don't know what his method is. I just know he does. Because he used Moses to lead an entire nation out of slavery and bondage. Why Moses? We can get into the, the depth of why we think, but we will never really know. And all the people that God used over the years to do great things, why them? Well, that's what I'm saying to you this morning. I don't know why this church, but I do know that he will use this church 
and our district, meaning other churches in this area that's a part of our movement. And he's going to use us to establish an apostolic culture where people will see the value in being saved and enjoy being saved. Too many people think church life is miserable. Church life makes you just corny or, or you don't have anything going on. Too many people think that. As a matter of fact, have a seat. Let me show you something real quick uh, of our children, what they were experiencing Friday night. Some of our, some of our, I can't even say elders, some of our not so young people are a little bit in pain this morning. Because they was trying to do that all weekend long, trying to keep up with these young people. Because they didn't stop all night long, all night long. Then they decided to start running around the church. Sister Tamika, she was running around right there with them. I said, how you doing this morning, Sister Tamika? <laughs> then we have a great time at the youth convention. Oh my goodness. We are just enjoying what God is doing, and living for God can be fun, church. It's, and, and so, young people, you have experienced it, and understand this. Church is what you make it. If you come into church and say church was boring, just say, what did I do to help that? Because church is what you make it. And if you come in and decide you're going to praise the Lord, you're going to worship the Lord, you're going to help the preacher preach, all these things, if you make up in your mind that's what you're going to do, you're going to enjoy the presence of the Lord. The Bible says as the praises go up, 
The blessings come down. So if we're sending up praise, then God got to send something down. Hey, we said if it rains, you know how it rained. They told us this years ago in school. How does it rain? It has to be vapor that goes up and the clouds get filled with water. And when the clouds are filled, what happens? They can't contain anymore, so they got to let the water out. And that's how we receive rain. Well, God shows us natural, so we understand spiritual. So if that's how rain come down, guess what? How blessing come down? We send up praise unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto Jesus. If you will stand with me and you will turn your Bibles or you will look on the screen. And uh, let's go to Exodus chapter 20 verse number 18. Exodus chapter 20 verse number 18. Again, I welcome all of our guests this morning, all of you. Um, some of you may be guests, but I know you, and I'm just so glad that you're here this morning. And just, I'm just at a loss of words just seeing everybody this morning. And God has just been so good to us, and we're thanking God constantly for where we are because we know it's nothing that we did, but it's just what He wanted to do in us and through us. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 18 says. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you and that his fear may be before your faces that ye sin not. Just for a little while this morning, I would like to talk to you on this topic, God-fearing people, God-fearing people. Lord Jesus, you've already moved among us, touched us, and now, Lord, we're asking for the supernatural power from heaven to just overshadow us. We humble ourselves this morning before you because we're in awe of you. You are so holy and righteous and glorious. And Lord, we praise you from the depths of our soul, giving you honor, for there is none like you. I pray, Almighty God, that every person under the sound of my voice will hear what the Spirit is saying unto their soul and respond in faith and obedience to the Word of God. Lord, somebody has need that only you can meet. And I pray, Almighty God, that you will meet their need, exceed their need this morning before this service is over, Lord God. Let them receive from you that their life will be profitable, be changed, transformed, so they can live the life of liberty that you've called them to live, Lord God. Bind this in unity of the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to be poured out this morning where lives will be changed. People will receive from you never to be the same 
name again. Allow me to be your oracle, Lord, to speak your word. Oh, God, with clarity and exactness, Lord God, have your way this morning. We give you the praise and the honor, Lord, for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. God-fearing people. By now, we've heard about the fear of God. But before we get into the fear of God this morning, let's talk about just fear in general. All of us here this morning has a deep fear of something. Did you hear me? We all have some deep fear of something. It could be fear of getting older. (laughs) Fear of dying. Fear of being alone. Fear of being poor. Fear of failure. Or fear of rejection. Fear of change. And here's a sneaky one. Fear of intimacy. (laughs) Fears are manifold. There are two kinds of people who exist today. Those who fear God. And those who don't. I know our world like to give you some middle ground because we always want to be comfortable. But you either fear God or you don't. As a matter of fact, I think it's good either way. I'm going to help you this morning. So for those of you that wanted me to have a middle ground, Pertaining to fear of God or no fear, no middle ground. The Bible says, here's what middle ground is. Middle ground means you're lukewarm. When you're lukewarm, you probably never change and nothing affects you. You're comfortable where you are. When you are cold, you know you're cold and you need something to happen. When you're hot, you're hot and you try to stay hot. But when you go down the middle... You get comfortable. Nothing moves you. So it's all good that I'm saying this morning that there are only two types of people in our world. Those who fear God and those who don't. Uh Uh-huh. It's okay. Those who fear God and those who don't. Let's talk about those who do not fear God for a minute here. Those who do not fear God, they become familiar with his spirit, familiar with his word and with his church. Now, sometimes that can be good, I guess, but that's not what I'm talking about. Those who do not fear God, they lose the proper perspective of who God is. They behave irreverently around the things of God and his house. They lose the lifestyle of distinctives 
that should mark God's children. They lose the respect for the man of God and the saints of God. They eventually fall into ungodly behavior because the fence of fear is gone. And so there are people that don't come to church because they don't fear God. And there are people that are in among the church that still don't fear God. What is the fear of God? The fear of God is more than just respecting God. I respect the house of God. I respect God. It's more than that. The fear of God is giving him the place of glory and honor and reverence and thanksgiving, praise and preeminence that he deserves. Notice, it is what he deserves. Not what we think he deserves. In how we relate to each other, we treat each other according to what we think we deserve. I'll do this because I think you deserve this. And and, and so we even do our friends like that, our families like that, church brother and sister like that. We treat you according to what we think you deserve. Well, when we fear God, we're not treating him according to what we think he deserves. We should treat God according to what he deserves. We fear God when we esteem his desires above ours. Now, that's some hard preaching sometimes. Because what I'm telling you here today, that the things of God should be more important than the things of man. And the man means you and me. I remember when God was dealing with me to start this church, God said to me, Are you going to obey man? Rather than God, that's in his word. So I knew what he was talking about. And then I thought about it for a second, and he made me understood. I'm not talking about any other man, Wayne. I'm talking about you because you have determined that you are going to do what you want above what I want from you. So I've lived this personally and up close where I wanted to do something different than what God wanted me to do. And God confronted me and said, are you going to obey man rather than God? And that's when I stopped. And that's when I realized, oh, my Lord, I'm going to have to do this. This thing that I did not want to do, I'm going to have to do it because I have to obey God. (laughs) There are those who fear Man, rather than who fears God. So, let me say it this way. If you don't fear God, it's because you fear man. I'll say it again. If you don't fear God, it's because you fear man. If you don't fear God... It's because you fear man. I can prove it every day, all day to you. 
Now, y'all would do it because I'm saying it now, but if I didn't say it, y'all wouldn't do it. So if I say today before I close the service, I want everybody to come to the altar and pray, everybody's not coming. Why? Because you fear man more than God. And that man could be you. Remember what I told you. A lot of, when you hear me say fear and man, it's probably more about you. That man, that person, that woman. It's probably more about you. Because when, when we are worried about what we want, how we feel, what we think, we're putting ourselves above God. So if God says, I want you to come and kneel and pray and call in my name, and you decide, we don't have to do that. Who is in control? Not God. Not God. Because while I'm just a normal person like any one of you, when I stand right here, God anoints me and allow me to be his oracle. And so while I might speak to you and say, hey, come down and pray, and you might think, well, it's just pastor saying that. No, you better understand and treat it as such that every time I get up before you, I am God's oracle, whether I'm the greatest person or not, whether I am the best or not, God's oracle is who's talking, not me. And when God speaks through me, I have to obey what God says. I'm not just here saying it. There's a scripture that says this. If you receive a prophet as a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Uh But if you don't receive the man of God as a man of God, you don't get no God reward. You get man's reward. So, going back to calling, come forth and pray. God can hear your prayers wherever you are. But if God is ordering the service and says, Pastor, call the people up and tell them to pray. And you decide, no, I'm staying right where I am. Guess what? God will not speak to you and will not do just because you decide you're going to obey you. That's how it works, in case you don't know. That's how it works. It has nothing to do with me. And I've lived this again. Most of what I've preached to you, a lot of it, I have lived it, I've experienced it, and so I'm sharing with you according to the Word of God. In my walk with God, some of you will appreciate this, some of you might think it's crazy. But the day I got saved and really gave my life to God, everything that happened in the church, I just consider it came from God. Some of you, you dissect. Ladies do this probably more than men. You listen and you dissect and you like to say, uh, that, that can't be God. Don't get quiet on me. Y'all, y'all do that sometimes. No, that's unreasonable. We start making things, we rationalize it. If it's reasonable, if it's practical. And so we rationalize in our mind and say, well, nobody can do that. Well, where does God Where is God in all of that? Nobody can do that. Are we allowing God to work supernaturally in our lives or everything is just going to be practical human ability? We might as well don't live for God if everything is going to be about practical human ability. Some of what makes 
the church great and powerful and wonderful is that God, who has supernatural ability, will work in the lives of the people and in the midst of the people and things that we can't do naturally, God does supernaturally. We're not just here, just sitting on some chair, listening to some words. God is in this place. God is speaking to us. God's word is open. God's word is being declared unto us. And if we respond, God will do the supernatural in our lives. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And so I walked with the Lord for some years. And some people thought I was irrational, unreasonable, at times ignorant, at times stupid. But here is what they didn't know. I followed according to what I believed God was doing. So even when maybe it wasn't God, God was not going to let me down because he knew I was honest, sincere, and was following him. He was not going to let anybody mislead me. He was not going to let anybody mistreat me. He was going to make sure that what he wants of my life, it will be done because I was pure as a driven snow in following him. Not pure as a driven snow and righteous, but in following him. Everything I was doing, unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. Why are you doing unto the Lord? Why? Unto the Lord. Never budged was unto the Lord. And so that changes things. So the fear of man is to fear man. I don't fear nobody. The fear of man is to stand in anxiety or awe of man. You do that. You got your athletes, your millionaires, your rappers. You got your people that you be in awe of. The fear of man is cowering before mortal man. Those who fear man live on the run, hiding from harm or reproach, constantly avoiding rejection and confrontation, so busy safeguarding themselves that they are ineffective in their submission and commitment to God. Yep, we're safeguarded. We like to safeguard. I'm not doing that. I got I to be careful. Are you serving God or you're serving yourself? If you do not walk in the fear of the Lord, you are walking in the fear of man. You're walking in respect and reverence of man as opposed to respect and reverence of God. Don't get quiet on me. The fear of man brings a sneer, a trap which takes away our power to do right. A person who fears man will offend the one he cannot see in order not to offend the one he can see. What does that mean? You're afraid to pray in public because who you can see? You're afraid to say, God is great in public. Because who you see? You're afraid to say, Jesus Christ is God Almighty. In public. Because why? You're afraid how people are going to respond to that. Who do you fear? 
man or God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Those who fear man constantly seek to preserve and protect themselves in times of hardship. Mm-hmm. But if you fear God, in times of hardship, you call upon the name of the Lord. And you just trust in him and you know that God is for you. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so that way, when I'm going through any hard times, when I'm going through times of challenges, it might look like it's going to be something bad. But I'm going to trust the Lord because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the world, the end of the age. God will be with us. And so during tough times, during hard times, I'm not going to cower down. I'm not going to start worrying about what's going to happen. Oh, no. I'm going to say, God, you said you are for us. Tell your neighbor, God is for us. Oh, yes, he is. God is for us. All right, let's get into some of this stuff here. God will often withhold his glory to test and prepare us. The question is, will we serve him even when he is silent? Will we continue to worship the Lord and praise him when he's silent? When he's not doing anything? When he's not working any miracles? Are we going to still praise him? Are we going to still acknowledge him? Are we going to still say, God is still on the throne and he's still with us? In Exodus chapter 15, the Israelites were excited when God blessed them and performed miracles. They sang They danced and they shouted when God buried their enemies in the Red Sea. But just a few days later, when God's power wasn't apparent and food was scarce, they complained against God. Uh, God. Can I tell you this? Somebody needs to hear this. Because you haven't been faithful to God... Don't mean God's not going to still be faithful to you. There are some things that God has done that we don't deserve because we can look at our life and we said, mm, I wasn't even living right, but God did this. That happens because that's just the kind of God we serve. The kind of God we serve do us right even when we don't deserve it. And somebody's in here this morning that feels guilt and feels bad about some things. And God want me to tell you that don't you feel bad about it. Just start fearing God and start doing right. But God is still for you. God will open doors for you. God will still bless you. You just got to move forward and fear God and not worry about anything else. It's not because of how good you are to make God loves you. God loves you in spite of how good you are. The Bible says he loved us while we were yet sinners. So you can't earn God's goodness. God is good because that's who he is. That's who he is. No 
Don't you let the devil tell you you don't deserve God's goodness. Don't let the devil tell you you don't deserve God's blessing. Don't let the devil tell you God won't get you out of your situation. You tell the devil God is good. And I don't care what. God is good. God will be good to me no matter what because God is good. God is good. The devil wants you to stay where you are and think you can't come out of where you are. But I'm here to tell you this morning, yes, you can come out. Yes, you can get up out of that situation. Yes, you can be delivered. Yes, you can be blessed. Because God is good. Exodus chapter chapter 19 and 20, when you get a chance later, write that down and go read, because that's where I'm preaching from this morning. You'll hear me say a lot of things. It's all coming out of Exodus chapter 20 and chapter 19. And so in Exodus chapter 19 and chapter 20, and you go through it, Moses had brought the people to Mount Sinai to consecrate them to God. When the people saw God's glory, they pulled back in terror, not in the fear of God. Terror and fear is different. And said they pulled back in terror, not in the fear of God, but in the fear of their own lives. See, we fear losing our life. We fear dying. And so when anything starts happening that we think can, can, can threaten to, to endanger our lives or to kill us, we become fearful. And so what was going on on top of the mountain, all kind of thundering and lightning and, and, and all kind of things going on, they, they were terrified. They didn't fear God. Mm-hmm. When God came down, they realized that they loved themselves more than they loved God's presence. (laughs) There are some of us here today that we love ourselves so much that it trumps God's presence in our lives. We would rather have God's, we would rather have our own way and do what we want and feel comfortable in our own skin as opposed to saying, let me be uncomfortable and entertain the presence of God. They told Moses, you speak with us, but let not God speak to us. They were terrified of God. And there are some people today that's terrified of God. That's that's not what we're talking about. We don't want you terrified of God. If you were raised by a good father, you know what fear is supposed to be like. You're not terrified of a good father. But some people are terrified of God. But God is good, so why would we be terrified of him? We should never allow what we would consider, uh, what, what, I, what, what I call, uh, that, that, that we love ourselves more than we love God's presence. That's heavy, heavy preaching here, so let me slow that down. I've got to make this resonate. 
We should never love ourselves more than the presence of God. This is teaching. So some of you are just trying to get there like, man, what is he talking about? Okay. Let's see what the word of God says. The word of God says in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. What, what does first mean? Nothing is before it. So God is saying we need to love him first. Then he went on and says, and the second is like unto it. Watch it. Watch it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So the bottom line is we come second. He comes first. Right? We ought to love him before everything else. Can I just tell you this? That's probably all of us. I'm lumping myself in that. All of our challenges in, in, in whatever we're dealing with, that's probably where it all where, it all, where the rubber meets the road, as they like to say, that we're not loving God more than ourselves. As a matter of fact, I preached a sermon uh, some years ago, and, and I talked about um, dethroning our gods. And when I talked about dethroning our gods, I said the first god we need to dethrone is us. I venture in that sermon to say that Every sin we commit is because we broke the first commandment. Woo! If you want to know what caused you to sin, it's because you broke commandment number one. Everything else goes wrong after we break commandment number wrong. Commandment number one. Because we're not loving God with all our being. And when you don't love him with all your being, you're going to love yourself probably more than him. You're going to love others more than him, which will make you do actions that becomes more important to you than loving him and what he wants for your life. So every sin is probably a sin of breaking commandment number. Notice the paradox in chapter 20 of Exodus. Moses drew near while the people drew back. Moses feared God, therefore he was unafraid. It's a paradox. The people did not fear God, therefore they were afraid. You see it? Moses feared God, so he was unafraid. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. So when you fear God, you don't fear anything else. You're not afraid of anything when you fear God because he's with you and he will protect you and he will keep you. But when you fear man rather than God, oh, you better be looking head on a swivel. What's going on? What's going on? I don't know where some of you grew up. I tease my son Ethan all the time. I said, man, stop it. You grew up in the nice Burlington. You don't know certain things. You, 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 you um, nice neighborhood guy. Just stop talking. Because some of us grew up in places where we had to pay attention. And 
some of you all grew up in, and, and that just means that God has blessed us and we raised kids in, you know, the nice suburbs, the burbs. But some of us grew up in places where we had to watch our backs. Before you get outside, you stop and you, you can scope and everything out. Everything. What's going on down the road? What's going on up the road? You know what I mean? And you're looking around. You know, you're getting ready to park anywhere. You drive around the block a couple of times and just keep looking. <laughs> Those days are gone. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. Woo! I remember, you know, I like to tell you all stuff. I remember one time, B.C., B.C., before Christ, me and my boys went to a place. I don't know if y'all know this place. But there was terror in that place. Went to a place in PA called Coatesville. I felt like it was one way in and one way out. We went to a little dive bar around in Coatesville, and you just felt the eyes of everybody from Coatesville looking at you. Like, you're not from around here, and we know it. Man, we got up out of Coatesville so quick. I'm like, yo, ain't no girl worth Coatesville. Let's get up out of here. Let's get out of here. Coatesville was no joke. But guess what? I'm sure, okay, also, too, when we went to Camden. We used to go to, you know, clubs in Camden. Go to Camden, and you like, you know. But the, the only difference between the time we went to Coatesville and the time we went to Camden, whenever we go to Camden, we had a little crew with us. So we had, we, we had about four or five cars. So if it was going to be something, it was going to be something. It wasn't just one or two people. So that was Camden. We didn't do that in Coatesville. I'm like, why did we do that? Man, we, got up, we, we only had one car. It was about three of us. We left out of Coatesville quick. You just knew Coatesville was not good. I don't know what Coatesville is like today. We're talking about 30, you know, 35 years ago. I got up out of Coatesville, man. I'm like, no. But I'm sure when people can, you know what's interesting? Not a lot of people from out of town came into Trenton. We didn't have too many of those, right, Cal? It wasn't too many. They wouldn't come to Trenton. <laughs> Trenton was like Coatesville to them. <laughs> They wouldn't come to Trenton. They knew. Them dudes in Trenton, they just know when you're not from around here. We just knew. You, you, you came around us in anywhere in Trenton. Oh, they're not from around here. We knew right away. But that's the fear of men, and that's how we live when we don't have God in our life. I didn't have God in my life at that time, so that's how I lived my life, always trying to look around, trying to protect myself. What's going on? Watching your back all the time. You got me, man? That's how we lived. No fear of God. God was not in our lives. The fear of the Lord draws you like a magnet to his presence. The fear of man causes you to withdraw from God's glory. When those young people were jumping, I've got a reason to pray. I, I mean, they just packed out the front, just going crazy. Listen. They was pressing through the press. The young people that were, the only people that were in the back were adults. You started praising the Lord. There wasn't no young person in the back. They was pressing through. You crazy. I'm getting in the front. I was up in there with them young people. And I'm not hurting either. Uh-huh. Heard Bradley talking about this morning. Yeah, I'm hurting a little bit. I said, boy, what? how old are you? I don't know, man. We got to help these young people, brother. Scarlett. You know, they, you know they, they young still, and they do a couple jumps, and they tired. They hurting. Can't come to church. <laughs> we in our 50s, and we jumping. 
and still strong in church today. I feel good, too. Ooh, I feel good. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, we had a good time yesterday. We had a good time. You can have a good time in Christ. I'm telling you, church. You, you know, listen to this. My grandmom don't know this. I'm picking on her this morning. Grandma, while we were jumping around and praising God, I said, I'm going to bring you next year. <laughs> you want me to tell you why? She liked to be in the action. Poor thing. She want action. They won't let her fool you. She's sitting there nice and quiet. She got to have action. She get up, I don't know, any time of the week, and I'm calling her 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. No answer. Finally, she called me back about 2 o'clock. Where were you? Oh, I caught the bus and went over the bridge. Sis, can you let us know you're rolling somewhere? She all over the place. She like action. We going on vacation. Boy, she was mad the last time I went on vacation and she didn't come. But I'm taking you to the youth conference in 2025. So you can be, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. Come on. It was so good. I thought about I did. I did. I thought about her. I said, she would be here and she would just be smirking. Not smiling, smirking. Because that's what she do, smirk. And be looking at the young people like, so she can have some stories to come back with. <laughs> when we are bound by the fear of man, we will feel more comfortable in the presence of man. Even in the church, when we're supposed to be in the presence of God, we will still withdraw because we feel more comfortable in the presence of people. Why are we more comfortable in the presence of people than in the presence of God? I'm almost there. At Mount Sinai, God instructed both Moses and Aaron to come up to the mountain. Moses went, but some, for some reason, Aaron came back to the camp early. Aaron returned to the camp because he was more comfortable in the presence of people than in the presence of God. See the difference? Moses and his brother, they're brothers. One more comfortable in the presence of God than with man. What's your comfort? The presence of people or the presence of God? Are you more comfortable just going to church, fellowshipping with other Christians, and keeping busy with ministry than being with or in the presence of God? Do you avoid being alone in the presence of God, surrounding yourself with people and activity, hoping this will hide your emptiness? Or do you prefer to be in the presence of God? What do you do when God is quiet? Are you going to go around and be in the presence of people and be satisfied with that? Or are you going to still worship and praise the Lord? God seeks for men like Joshua, who wanted to be as close to God's presence as possible. He stayed by the mountain that Joshua did for 40 days while Moses was with God in the mountain. You will serve who you fear. 
you and I will serve who we fear or what we fear. Mm -hmm. You will serve who you fear or what you fear. Does God have to continually impress you and I so we will fear him? Or can he simply just trust that we will reverence him because of the love he has shown us? This just comes down to returning the love that God has given us. Can I tell you, God-fearing people are blessed people. Let me just go to the left and come right back and close this thing up. In Genesis chapter 22, verse number 15, watch this. I'm studying all of this stuff and I'm going through it. I'm like, man, God, this is interesting. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 12, the scripture says, And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Can I tell you, I've preached this so many times, upside down, inside out, all around, that, that when God called uh, Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac, and Isaac was, and, and Abraham was willing to sacrifice it. This is what God's response was. Now I know thou fearest God. You don't understand. There wasn't anything more valuable to Abraham than Isaac. He was filthy rich, but his only heir. And how those folks back then looked at it was your, your eldest son, heir, continued the lineage of the family. If you didn't have one of those, when you died, your family stopped. So riches wasn't as important as someone to carry on the family legacy. So when God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, meaning your future, meaning your legacy. I want you to sacrifice him. He was asking them almost, put it like this. This is how deep that is. Abraham would be, would, 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 would be willing to say, God, kill me and, take my, and, and keep my son. Because he had lived his life. And so his son could have kept living. But for God to take his son and he still lived, that was crazy because he knew he was going to die soon. So that meant he was going to be extinct, his whole family. So when God said, bring your only son to sacrifice him, what, what, if he would have took it literally, it meant that he was going to just make his whole family, his legacy, extinct. So it was no easy thing like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So he brought his only son, and he was going to sacrifice him as God asked him to. Now, Abraham knew God. So he knew if God made him go through with it, God was going to raise him back up. If God made him go through with it, God was going to give him another one. So Abraham knew that much about God. So it didn't faze him when he said that. But God wanted him to understand, and God wanted us to one day read this and see that. When we are willing to give up the most precious thing that we have to God, God says, now I know you fear me. That's how deep fearing God is. Can you give up the most precious things? And 
us here in North America, we are struggling with that. One of the reasons why the Bible Belt get a little bit of headways more than us is, let's say it like this. We've got more to lose than them. Please don't get mad at me, Bible Belt. But usually that's the case. Northeast, education. Northeast, money. Northeast, status. Northeast, power. So those are the things that we, we, we garner. Those are the things that we strive for in the Northeast. So to us, if we got to give those things up, that's big. South, they just content. Got my nice little crib. We go to work every day. No big deal. We're satisfied with what we have. That's South, not us. So we struggle with the presence of God. We struggle with all of these things of God because God is calling us to let go some of the things that we are holding on to real tight. And if you can't let them go, it means you're not fearful of God. But if we will get to know God, back to this, because I've said this to you many times. If we will get to know God, whatever God is telling you to let go, I got Bible. It's not because you're not going to get it back. Y'all missed it. Went over your heads. Went over your heads. Went over your heads. Abraham knew God so well that when God says, bring to me your son, your only son, and sacrifice him, Abraham probably just smirked and like, mm-hmm, all right, come on, um, uh, uh, Isaac. He brought the wood, brought the fire and everything and went up to Mount Moriah. Come on, we going. No big deal. Didn't even tell his wife. Why am I telling her? She's just going to go crazy because she don't understand. But I'm not telling her because I'm going. I'm coming back with my son. Because he knew God. And guess what? Son on the altar, sharp knife, getting ready to bring it down. Stop! Don't do any harm to that child. For now I know thou fearest God because you didn't withhold thy son, thy only son. Guess what? Him and his boy went down the hill holding hands. Whatever you give up to God, he will give it to you back and better. So we're missing it. We're thinking that. Let's hold on. Let's make sure we don't let it go. We got to fight the key. You know how hard I work to get this? And then the market crashed. And then COVID happened. You know how hard I work to get this? But if we will fear God, I'm not worried about it because if God give it, God's going to make sure he... Help me to keep it. Uh-huh. 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 So not only that, when we fear God, God make us keep what we give to him. But watch this. In verse 15, he says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall Possess the gate of his enemy, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. If he would have held back Isaac, 
I don't know what would have happened. See what I'm saying? And we're steady trying to hold on because we don't fear God. And we don't understand who God is. That if we will give to him our most prized possession, God will multiply, multiply, multiply. Make it exceeding. Make it great. And you will have abundant. But we're just fighting and clawing and, and scratching to try to hold on to what we think we need to hold on to. Because it's so important. Are we fearing God? Or we're trying to do everything to hold on to something? Whatever you give to God, He give it back to you better than you gave it to Him. Listen, I don't know about you. I've said this before. I've looked at pictures of myself 30 years ago, and I look younger today than 30 years ago. You can laugh, but it's a fact. If I show you a picture of me 30 years ago, you know, hair all on my face, trying to look like I'm cool, wear big baggy clothes, you know, can't talk to me, I'm the man. I was looking older then than I do today. I gave myself to the Lord, and he did a work in me and gave me back me better than I could have ever did for myself. It's the same for every person who fears God and surrendered their life to him. He will make your life better than if you ever was taking care of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to say thank you, Jesus. And so I'm closing here. We can get ready to close up here. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, the wisest man that ever lived, the wisest man, aside from Jesus, Wisest man. This is what he said. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. (laughs) Do we we need to talk about anything else? (laughs) This is the wisest man that ever lived. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty. Stand with me. God-fearing people. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, I'm closing with this. The Bible says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. That sounds good. We receiving a kingdom? We, we all receive a kingdom. That cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We ought to serve God with reverence and godly fear. Listen to me, church. God is speaking to us today through his word and his providential workings in this world. We had better... Listen to God and what he's saying today. That we must fear him. And we've made that clear that fear is not being terrified and worried. Fear is reverence and awe of who God is. If God shook things at Mount Sinai, as we read, and those who refused to hear were judged, 
How much more responsible are we today who have experienced the blessings of the new covenant? God today is shaking things. I feel that in the spirit. Y'all know what's going on out in the world. Every once in a while, the world gets hit so hard that it flows over that some of us church folk that, that, that's focused on God kind of realize what's going on. And y'all know that the world has been shaken up and is getting tight up in the world. It's shaken. The world is shaken. And it's interesting to me every time stuff starts getting shake, shaken up in the world, we know where to go. It takes more effort to go back and forth in church than to just stay and just cruise on out. It does. I wish I can transmit this to every person that's trying to get it right. I was an expert worldian. Expert. Expert. I will match my worldly living up to anybody that's living worldly and let you know I live that world. Why would somebody like me that know the world that like that and, and thought just, just everything in the world, why would somebody like me want to be a Christian? Nobody think about that? And when I came to God, I wasn't on drugs. When I came to God, I didn't have no problems in the world. When I came to God, I mean, my life was fine. There was nothing wrong. I didn't have some great thing happen to me. I'm like, oh, snap, I need to go to church. None of that. I was just laying in my bed one morning, one night, just laying in my bed on my back. And I said, something is missing. What was that? I used to keep a stack in my pocket. I had a little, you know, we used to walk around Cal, no. You know, if you didn't have a knot, that's what we called it. You had to have a knot. That's my day. Some of y'all say, what's that? A stack of money. Everybody had to have a little stack. So we call it a knot. See, I'm turning y'all on to something. It's okay. And so we all had a stack because when we hit the clubs, we, we whipped the stack out. What you drinking? What you doing? Bat, 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 bat. And we wasn't drinking no small stuff. My mom was sitting up in the, standing up in front like she all holy. She, she hit the clubs with me. I said, what you drinking? Bat, 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 bat. <laughs> God saved us. God saved us. That's why when she got saved... I told y'all the story. When my mom got saved, she did not tell God to save her husband. She did not tell God to save her other two sons. She cried and said, God, save my son Wayne. Because she knew her and I was... (laughs) And God heard her prayers. And here we are today. Oh, God help us. Why am I telling you that? 
I'm telling you, I have credibility to tell you live for God is the best thing. I got credibility, church. I do. I have it. And if you hear me, hear me. That if I'm telling you all of the stuff that we're doing out in the world, trying to, you know, do our thing, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I was at the top of my game in the world. I was so far at the top of my game in the world that some of the things people are doing today, I'm like, oh, I was doing that. B.C., that's 30 years ago now. So what I was doing 30 years ago now, people are doing now. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm living for God. It took y'all 30 years to do what I was doing. I'm not bragging because I don't brag on sin. I'm just telling you that if I'm telling you, get up out of that world. Get serious about God. Put your focus on him. Be serious about him. Because all you will come to know if you stay out there is that everything was for naught. Solomon just told us the whole duty of man is to fear God. What more are we looking for? How about we take a few moments and just talk to the Lord about just get real with him. Don't worry about nobody else around you. You talk to God about you just being get into a place where you can fear God. Some of us have had the fear of God and we lost it. Ask God to restore that, 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 that reverential fear. Ask God to restore that fear that you have where it makes you do right. The fear of God makes you do right. The fear of God makes you say, sin, I don't want to do that. The fear of God makes you come to church. The fear of God makes you pray. The fear of God makes you read your Bible. The fear of God makes you treat people right. The fear of God will change your life and give you a future that you could never give yourself. That's the fear of God. Oh, Jesus, help us in this place today. For every person, almighty God, that will be transparent before you, will you hear their cry, Lord God? They have heard your word, and they want the fear of God to come back into their hearts. They want the fear of God to penetrate and be in their heart, Lord God. Lord, for every one of us in this place today, will you move upon us that there will be a reverential fear of the Lord that will come upon us, that we will no longer, Lord God, resist the change, resist the power and the presence of God in our lives, but we will say yes to your will, yes to your way, that we, Almighty God, will fear you and worship, fear you and surrender, fear you and live for you, fear you and give our life in complete surrenderance. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, have your way in this place. Jesus, I pray that the power of your spirit will move upon us, Lord, in such a way where we will bow down and worship you, where we will bow before you and humble ourselves. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the fear of God grip us this morning. Let the fear of God overtake us this morning. In the name of Jesus, let the fear of God move us, Lord God, to righteousness, to holiness, to faithfulness. Oh, God, to truth. Let the fear of God move 
upon us in a special way, in a miraculous way, where we will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, have your way this morning. Have your way, Lord. Don't let us walk out of here the same way, Lord. But God, we want to walk out with a godly fear. We want to walk out with a godly fear before you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody ask the Lord to touch you. Somebody ask the Lord to touch you like you've never been touched before. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, have your way. God, have your way. You know our need this morning. You know, oh God, what is before us. Somebody hear me right now. If we don't get the fear of God right now, there's things that's waiting for us that we're going to encounter that will cause us to make the wrong decision. But I'm telling you now, if you will pray and say, God, I want the fear of God to come upon me. You will make the right decision when you encounter that situation. Don't leave here today until the fear of God has taken you over. Until the fear of God has taken hold of you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. 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 Oh, somebody worship the Lord. Somebody worship Jesus. Somebody lift your hand and say, God, I cry out to you. Touch me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord. Not my will, but thine will be done. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Lift your voice. Lift your voice and praise him. Let out your voice and give him honor. Let out your voice. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! soul and all that is within me. I bless your holy name. Jesus, I bless your holy name. I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for speaking to my heart today. I thank you, Lord God, for giving me instructions today. I thank you, Lord, for not allowing me, oh God, oh Father, to lose out on eternity, for bringing back to our attention, Lord, what we have lost and what we need to get back. What we have lost and what we need to be restored back to us. Fear of God. The fear of God. The fear of God. Oh, God. We want to be a God-fearing people. We want to be a God-fearing people. We want to be a God-fearing people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
If there's anyone here today and you'd like to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never been baptized, you've never given your life, you've never repented of sins, and be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. If you'd like to do that today, the pool is open. We have clothes for you to change into. You don't have to go home wet, but you can get all your sins washed away. You can be added to the kingdom of God today. You can prepare for God's return. Today could be your day. Anyone, anyone that wants to wash their sins today, have their sins remitted. <laughs> the presence of the Lord is in this place. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. We love you, O oh great God. There is none like you, O oh great God. Church, God will let you know that I love you. I love you so much. And I, I feel so blessed to have a family like this. I feel so blessed to have the relationship that I have with all of you. I am really blessed. I was just thinking about that this morning. How just so blessed I am to have all of you in my life. Not one of you in here is, I don't think highly of, or I, I can't say that I love you. I love every one of you. Every one of you means something to me. And I thank God for you. I thank God that he sent you to this church. What a blessing it is for us to be together. Don't let this message escape you. Continue to pray throughout this week and ask God to restore the fear of God in your heart. And if the fear of God has come upon you today, say every day when you pray, say, God, I don't want to lose the fear of God anymore. I want to hold on to the fear of God. I don't want to lose it. So every day you wake up and pray and say, God, I want the fear of God to be upon me, to be in me. I love you, church. I want you to have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your family. Enjoy each other. Have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.